0: Turn your Bibles to First Thessalonians, and we're just about to finish our study of First Thessalonians, and I'm so glad that all the Master Club leaders could be here. And I found out, evidently, it's not just Chris Petty that's sick, because there's a whole lot of Master Club leaders not here, a whole lot. So we couldn't have had it anyway. So um, <clears throat> uh, let's pray about that, and uh, we're going to start as soon as possible get back together as soon as we get our workers back. Amen. I appreciate what God's doing through Master Club and the youth meeting, as well as in here. We've been going through the uh, the chapter by chapter, verse by verse study of 1 Thessalonians, and it's been a blessing in my heart. But I want to preach tonight on holy conduct in the last days. I heard this one time. I think it was Harry Ar- Ironside said it could have been John R. Rice. I don't know who it was. It was an old preacher that I admired. He said that uh, if the doctrine of the second coming does not affect and change your life, then you really don't believe he's coming. Amen? If you believe he can come any minute, it will revolutionize your daily conduct. I'm talking about holiness in the last days. Matter of fact, let's read 1 John 3 real quick, just a couple of verses, um, and I'll try to be brief tonight. Um, but I'm so excited about preaching. Don't count on it, but I will try. Amen. I love preaching. I tell you what, I miss it. Thank God for the good preaching we had while I was out. Um, brother Kevin and brother uh, Ryan wasn't that a good message on uh, money? Praise God. He had a lot of courage coming here and preaching on money. Amen. I like. I'm glad he did it instead of me. Amen. That was good, and it was great, uh, and I liked that. And, and the message Sunday morning by Kevin, and then brother. Um, Jeremy, he was sick as a dog. I didn't know he was sick. and He preached a great message last Wednesday. So I appreciate the preachers we have in our church. I listed every one of them on Facebook. Look at 1 John 3. The Bible says, Behold, what matter of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. I wish you'd just stop right there and meditate on that. You're not a son of the devil. You're a son of God. You're not a son of... Uh, Biden, and you're not a son of Trump, and you're not a son of uh, some religious organization, you're a son of God. What a blessing. It says, therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we sons of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but as we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. We shall see him as he is. Aren't you excited about that? But here's the challenge, and this is what the whole last few verses that I'm going to preach on uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5. says, Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. God help us with our low standards. Folks, the standard's Christ. And I want to say this, friend. I don't believe in the, just standards that have standards, but I believe the standard in the Christian life ought to be what would Jesus do? And how would Jesus act? And where would Jesus go? And what would Jesus say? Amen? So Paul gives several exhortations. Turn to 1 Thessalonians 5 now. And um, we're going to preach as as we read them. And he gives certain exhortations. I'm going to give you just a quick 10 tonight. There's about 20 in this last chapter. But look at verse 6. The Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 5, you with me? It says, therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Now, folks, that's talking about the day of the Lord coming, and that uh, is is uh, the tribulation, and, of course, before that's the rapture, and uh, uh, then after that's the second coming in the millennial reign. Get your doctrine straight, amen. We're not all millennial. We're not post-millennial. We're pre-trib Christians, amen. I believe before the rapture takes, when the rapture takes place, we're all going up that are saved. But folks, before then, we ought to change our way of living. We ought to we ought to heighten. We ought to put up four fingers uh, like um, Ohio State tried to do the other night and uh, say it's the fourth quarter, but they were already beat. Praise God. But anyway, I want to say this, friend. God help us. God help us to realize that we're in the last quarter. We're in the last days. We're in the last moments. And if that don't change your life, you don't believe it. See, if your believing doesn't affect your behaving, you really don't believe it. Folks, Jesus is coming any minute. And if he's coming any minute, first of all, there'll be no lackadaisical attitude. That's killing the church today. Folks, we ought to come in here and believe that God's word is his word and that it's precious, and that it's powerful, it's life-changing. And I want to tell you something, it's not Wayne Cofield's word. And sometimes I get all upset when people don't listen to what I have to say, but the reason is, it's not what I say, it's what God says. Amen? And I I need to calm down on that. I know I'm trying to repent, and I'll probably have to apologize before it's over. But I take preaching very serious, very serious. And I think it's a precious opportunity because one day I'll lay this Bible down and one day you'll pass by and there'll be Wayne Cofield in this casket, but God's word will live on. And folks, God's word is powerful. Look at back at, look at back, back at chapter two, verse 13 of first Thessalonians. It says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing because when you received the word of God, which we heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as the truth. The word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. That's why I don't believe this little dab of do you Christianity is going to make it in the last days. I don't believe Sunday morning attendance is going to make it. Say amen. Folks, I want to tell you something. If you get all the word of God you can get in 30 minutes of a whole 168-hour week, something's wrong in your soul. Folks, you should lap it up, and you ought to... Get excited about it, and there ought to be some enthusiasm about hearing the Word of God. I'm not saying you have to amen, shout, praise God, jump the pew, but you ought to at least listen. And, folks, I want to tell you something. This spiritual sleep, Paul's not talking about physical sleep, but he's talking about spiritual slumber. And, folks, there's a laxation. Uh, we're relaxed. That's where the that, this root word comes from. We let us sleep not, the Bible says. Therefore, let us sleep not. And, folks, there ought to be a, because sleep is for those in the dark. And we're people of the day. Uh, this is not even our rest. We're going to rest when we get to heaven. And a lot of people, they say, well, I need to take a sabbatical and I need to stop preaching for four years. And, you know, I'm tired and wore out and I need to retire. Uh, God help us. Folks, we ought to look for a place to refire. And folks, in 2021, Jesus could come, and that's why God laid on my heart that we're either going to hear well done or just enter in. And it's going to either be well done or it's going to be oh me. It's going to be either amen or oh me. Then second of all, I see that in the last days we should have no deviation. No deviation. It says as do others. As do others. You know, I am so ashamed that a lot of Christians live by the temperature of the world. And folks, we can't compromise. And we cannot join the forces against God, definitely, but we don't need to cool off. We need to to be on fire for God, and we need to be a light on a hilltop more than ever. We need to be salt more than ever. Because folks... This world is gone absolutely anti-Christ. It's, it is a pathetic uh, situation going on in America where anything uh, with God said it, it, it's it's not proper. It's um, out of order. It's unconstitutional. No, I want to tell you something. Anything about God is constitutional. And folks, our country was built on God. So believers are to behave as... Uh, not as unbelievers. So if you believe, you ought to not be as others. And so he's just giving some great punchlines. I mean, he's he's wrapping this book up, and he's saying, hey, listen, uh, we uh, the times and seasons, brethren, we have no need that I write into you, but you perfectly know that the day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. He said, so don't be lackadaisical, and don't deviate. Believers are to be uh, not in a sluggish spiritual attitude of mind, and or nor living unholy lives. And I want to tell you something: you're in danger if you're getting used not to come in this place. If it doesn't bother you on Sunday morning not to come to the house of God, you have gone lax. You say, "No, I'm being careful. I know. I, praise God." We're not going we're not going there and we're not trying to put put people down that are cautious but i want to tell you something friend uh we got to go on and we're not breaking any rules and we're not slacking up and i i know i don't have a silver bullet because i've had it because i'll probably get five or six other things because i've had it but i'll tell you this friend we need to be more enthusiastic for god in these last days because the world is flat, draining us. It's a dark day. I mean, I, I, I never would have believed that America could come to the state of indifference, spiritual slumber, and just plain old out hum, humanity of carnality. I mean, we are so car, we are so selfish as a nation. We are so self-righteous as a nation that we could vote in a vice president that has performed a same-sex marriage. And don't you think she ain't going to push that agenda that's coming out of Hollywood and Hollywood and California? Folks, I'll tell you what, I'd almost move if I lived in California. No offense. Thank God for Jack Treber and all the ones that's holding them forward. Brother John came just for that meeting. FBI meeting. I mean, he got out of. I, I don't know. He might have not. Even, he might have still be in quarantine. I don't know. But he skipped and he didn't come in here. He stayed in the overflow room so he could be in that meeting. But in the prayer meeting, he's saying, "Hey, pray for Brother Jack Treiber." I watch him every Sunday on his time. He watches me and he watches him. And uh, he was broken over the over the conditions of California not having church and in a parking lot. And we ought to get upset about it. And we ought to be concerned about it. And I don't know what to do about it. They can't have the rose bow. They probably don't have church, you know? But I'm just saying, folks, we cannot slide back with the world's lethargy and indifference and and get lax. We need to stay disciplined. It's dangerous to miss one service because then you'll miss another service, then another service, then another service. It's dangerous to miss one day of reading your Bible because the next day it'll be easier not to read your Bible. It's dangerous to miss one day of praying because the next day you won't pray. We get into habits. Folks, I want to tell you something. We don't need to deviate. We need to stay on course. You know what that course is? I love Jesus. Amen. I just love His Word. I love His sanctuary. I love His Scripture. I love His people. Then third of all, I see not only laxation and deviation, but I see observation. Look at verse 6. It says, therefore let us not sleep. That's talking about spiritual sleep. I'm not talking about physical. As others do, deviation, but let us watch. And be sober. I want to talk to you a word about that. Just say about that word. Watch. What we need to watch. That means be alert. It means be cautious. It means be careful. Lest temptation beguile you and ensnare you, and the devil devours you. See, the average Christian does not believe we're in a warfare. And that's the worst thing you could ever believe. We are in a warfare, and the devil's trying everything he can to discourage you, to divide your heart, and to devour your testimony, and to and to, you to drift from the things of God. Drift, just drift. I have to fight it, and so do you. You've got an old nature, just like I got an old nature. That old nature is. Definitely anti-Christ and anti-discipline and anti-holy. And so believers are to be alert. Watch. Watch and pray. And then fourth of all, this won't take long. Y'all no, Hold on. Fourth of all, uh, I see intoxication. Verse 6 through 8. Therefore let us not be sleep as others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken, be drunken in the night. And so folks, here he uses the, uh, the the comparison of drunkenness versus soberness. And I know a lot of people preach this, that means be serious, but I believe it means be sober. Because he uses the term in verse 7, uh, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. And folks, you can be intoxicated with yourself. You can be intoxicated with this world. You can be intoxicated by others and trying to live up to their peer pressure. And isn't uh, Hollywood trying to act like they're the temperature gauge of our country and big tech and all this junk going on? Folks, l- listen, just because you got money don't mean you rule my life. And Just because you might be uh, the superstar of the world through carnality and wickedness and sinfulness don't mean you, you you, lead my life. We need to realize that the drunkenness is a conduct corresponding to darkness. Have you ever been in a bar? Don't raise your hand. Uh, have you ever been in a bar that was real light and, and decorated nice? You know, maybe nursery rhymes on the wall, you know? No, you go in a bar, and it's dim, and it's dark. I'll never forget that time I saw that bumper sticker of our church at a tavern. And uh, when I was a youth pastor, it had no sense at all. And I stopped and ran into that place in the middle of the day, and I was going to clean house. Whoever had that, who had, I was going to find out what member in our church was in that tavern. I was going to storm it. I had a guy with me. We was on visitation. We was fired up. And we walked, we walked in there. And in the middle of the day, it was dark. And boy, the music was not amazing grace. And I stood up and I said, I want to know who's got that gospel Baptist temple sticker on the car and in this place. And about that time, the biggest guy in the bar stood up. And he turned around and said, that's my car, and my kids ride your bus, and I didn't want it on my on my bumper, but I allowed it, and I said, "Sir, I was just checking." God bless you, and I walked out the door, <laughs> embarrassed, and I was feeling like a fool, you know, because I was going to rebuke him in the name of Jesus. Amen. I think God is bus kids put it on the stickers, put it on the bumper. Amen. Then go and. and they were trying to help Daddy. And I didn't. Drunkenness is a hit. it was hideous to Paul. And he has an exhortation twice in a row. He gives twice, and it's twice needed. In our day, believers are looking rather cheerfully towards drinking. Folks, the Bible says we ought to abstain from even the appearance of evil. Amen. The Bible says there's a curse upon you if you sell it. Amen, that's what the Bible says a back of 215, look it up. And folks, we have we have compromised when it comes to being dead set against it. But if you was raised like I was raised, and sometimes missing meals and not having clothes on your back because of that stuff, you'd hate it too. I think you ought to love the sinner but but hate sin. Amen. I'd have never won my day to the Lord and my mama wouldn't have if she just walked out on him. She loved him and kept on loving him. And he did some terrible things like burn our house up and wreck our cars and embarrass the stew out of all of us. And we kept on loving him. And one day he got saved while I was preaching. And if I told you all about that. I think I have about 10,000 times. But excuse me, it's the only dead I had. Thank God one day I'll see him in heaven. And then I see, uh, fifthly, fortification, not fornication. I thought I was going to preach against that a while, and I could. But it says, let us who are of the day, the day, that means we're right at the brink of the sun coming back. Amen? It says of the day, uh, be sober putting on the breastplate of here it is, three things that measure the Christian's maturity. The blessed of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Now, folks, that's, that's wonderful. We put on the breastplate of three things in our life to, to, to prove that we're, we're authentic, that we're real Christians that we're really making a difference in these last dark days, love, faith, and hope. It's in every epistle, every epistle, he commends them for those three things. He never commends them for good offerings. He never commends them for commodious facilities. He never commends them for great attendance. He commends them for love and faith and hope. And folks, that ought to be in your life. And folks, it's a, it's an armor. Uh, we are in a warfare. Can somebody say Amen. We must put on the whole armor of God, Ephesians chapter 6. I ain't got time to go there. Y'all know it. But the most important piece, I believe, of the full armor of God is the helmet of salvation. If the devil can make a blow to your brain, you're gone. And I know that's your heart, biblically speaking. The heart is, as a man thinketh in his heart, it's not a pump, it's your mind, it's your will and it's your emotions. It's all three. And folks, we ought to have the Lord in our heart, not just this pump. And God help us to help children realize that, that it's, you're, you're, they're giving their whole life to Christ, their mind, their will, their emotions, their volition, not just their the, the pump called the heart, not a physical thing. It's a spiritual awakening. It's a spiritual new birth. And folks, here it is. We can win the battle knowing that one day the battle's going to be over. Look at it. It says the hope of salvation. And we mistranslate that word and we say, well, I hope I'm saved or I hope I'm going to go to heaven. I asked that dear little girl, little girl, she got two babies, she ain't no little girl. Uh, and I said, uh, Caitlin, I've never met you, I don't think. I've been knowing Ethan all his life. He's down in Atlanta. Or he'd be here tonight joining the army. And I said, let me ask you a question. I heard y'all want to get married. I think it's the right thing to do, to be married. Say amen. Two children, you ought to get married. Praise God. And, she, and I said, i got to ask you a question. Are you saved? And that little lady, she looked at me and didn't even respond. Big old crocodile tears started streaming down over her cheeks. And she said, No, sir, I'm not saved. And I said, Well, we can take care of that right now. I wasn't going to do that. We're standing out there uh, in a pew, <clears throat> two little kids by our side. She trusted the Lord as her Savior. I gave her that follow-up book. I said, I want you to study this. I called her yesterday. I said, have you got through chapter one yet? She said, no, sir. I said, put your husband on the phone. (laughs) He got on the phone. I said, hey, son, I know you joined the Army, and I know you're going to get married Sunday, but you need to make sure that she was sure and that she's really saved." yes, sir, I'm sorry. By the way, I'll get on it right now. We'll have the Bible study right now and make sure. He said, but can I, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. He said, could I rededicate my life this Sunday? I said, no, you ain't ready. No, I said, fine, yeah, praise God. And I want to tell you something, that sweet little old couple is going to get married at 12, 15 Sunday morning. I'll conduct the service. Some of y'all don't agree with that. I don't really care. I know they're getting right with God. I'm going to help them. If they're both saved and they'll go counseling session Friday with me, I'm doing a ceremony. Amen. And you know what? They need to know that they're saved. He's going to the army. He needs to know he's saved. Everybody in the jaybird will try to talk him out of it. So amen, brother. Y'all been there. And You know, it's so wonderful to know you're saved. And I want to say this. When you see in context what the hope of salvation is, it'll thrill your heart. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to attain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Look at that. We should live together with Him. You know what that's saying? You're not going to face one day of wrath if you're saved. You're going to heaven instead of hell and you can know it. So the hope is not I hope I'm saved. It's a hope in him that you know that you're saved. Now what's that got to do with the battle? What's it got to do with the battle? When you're wheeling the sword and the battle's getting tough and the day's getting dark as it is in the last days, you must believe there is a finish line and that one day you're gonna give account for that battle. You're gonna give account of your faithfulness you're going to give account if you keep on willing the sword, keep on sowing the seed, keep on uh, standing for God. And then one day you're going to put your sword up and you're going to rest in heaven forever. And no more. No more. No more darkness. No more sorrow. No more warfare. hey, Think about this, no more devil and no more devil's imps that's trying to all get to us through their agenda. No more flesh. Thank God for that. I get mad at my flesh sometimes because it's weak and it's undisciplined. And it's carnal sometimes. Matter of fact, all the time my flesh is. But I'm not going to yield to it. I'm going to yield to the Spirit. Amen. And so the hope of salvation is this. One day, the rapture is going to take place and the battle, the war will be over. But praise be to God, the battles are continuing today until that moment. And What we need to be found in 2021 is faithful. I can't express to you how important it is that you put the helmet of salvation and that you don't get your head in the sand and you don't get your head in the devil's philosophy and you don't get your head in the darkness of political jargon and you stay focused and you stay steadfast knowing that you're saved. And that you're not only saved, but you're His saint. you're not only His saint, you're His soldier. And thanks be to God, we have a fortification of faith, of love, and of hope that the world cannot even conceive. Thank God we're on the winning side. And we're more than conquerors. Thank God for that verse. And if God be for us, who can be against us? And greater is He that is in me than He is in the world. And that we're more than conquerors because we're in Him and not in ourselves. We'll never obtain a day of wrath because. We have obtained salvation. That means received by faith. Who died for us. Look at verse 10, I'll close. Who died for us. Whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Thank God. I don't know how God's going to take you out of this earth, but I know the next second you shall be like Him. But until then, we ought to purify ourselves. But until then, we ought to discipline ourselves. And but until then, we need to exhort one another. That's my next point. I ain't got time to get to it. We need to comfort ourselves. Look at verse 11. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another even as ye also you do. We need each other. Let me just say this. You need a church like this. You need preaching like this. You need singing, and you need piano playing, organ playing, and you need worship like we had tonight. You need a prayer list, and you need a prayer time, and you need to shed tears with each other, and you need to bear each other's burdens. And folks, we in these last days should not shoot ourselves or let the devil divide us. We need to exhort and comfort one another as we see the day approaching, so much the more as we see the day approaching. Father, use this message. Thank you, dear God, for the privilege to stand one more time before the rapture. Lord, after looking at the newscast today, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but it sure would be a good time for the trumpet to sound. And Lord Jesus, I know it's going to get worse before it gets better, Lord, we know it's going to get a whole lot better as soon as the rapture takes place. And we're with you and we're like you. But until then, may you f- be may we be found faithful to submit and follow the leadership of the Holy Ghost and the word of God in our lives. Encourage hearts this morning or tonight. Encourage each other. Lord, as we comfort and encourage each other just by our attendance and by our smiles and by our prayers, by our concern, by us missing each other, so glad to see people back tonight. Lord, I pray, dear God, that you'd be with those that are watching by way of internet. They can't be here. They would love to be here. They're in quarantine. God, I pray, dear God, that when they get out of that, Eternity will be on their mind. And God, the health and strength will come back to their being for your glory and your honor. They will not take for granted our health anymore. and will not take for granted our salvation anymore. And God, that we'll come back as a stronger church for your glory because we edify and exhort one another when we get here. God forbid that all this division and all this hatred would even trickle into our church. God forbid that there would be nothing in this church but your love for each other no matter what. So Lord, help us. With every head bowed, every eye closed, real quick invitation because i got to get you home early. Let me say I'm glad I was here tonight, preacher, because I need to be exhorted and encouraged in these last dark days to be children of light. Have a testimony that's resounding because there's people, even in our neighborhoods, that are just giving up. And they're no longer here. Oh my, do we need to minister to them in this heartbreaking time. But you'd say, preacher, Tonight, God has exhorted me through His Word. And I want to respond by the uplifted hand saying, pray for me that I would be more steadfast in these last days. Would you raise your hand high for prayer? I've got to raise mine. I just want to be steadfast. You know, you can call me a lot of things, but I hope you can call me when I die, He was faithful. I hope that you can call me that. And I'm going to tell you something. I could blow it in a second, and so could you. We got to finish right. It's been illustrated this very week. We got to finish right. Anybody in here say, "Preach, I'm not even saved, but I want you to pray for me, and I get saved before it's too late." Anyone say, "Preacher, I need to make sure that I'm saved." Would you slip your hand up, so we can pray for you. Okay, all hearts clear. Usually. Crowd on Wednesday night are saved, but you never know. Father, use this message, and God, I pray that you'd touch every heart in this place, including mine and all that's watching by way of internet. God, thank you for that avenue, that media ministry. I pray that you'd bless it and use it. God, help us to realize what a privilege it's been to be in the house of God tonight. And may we, dear God, in these last days, people that are fortified with your word and with your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray.